On today's episode of the WNP Podcast, we assess the panic meter for teams that are off to a rough start. Plus, we tell you which coaches need to go and what 3-0 team is a fraud. Stay tuned. Episode 114 of the We're Not Professionals podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mitchelson. Joining me today, as always, my co-host, Chase Crawshaw. Chase, how you doing? I'm doing swell. Thank you for asking. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. I got a big thumbs up from you. Got that uh, intro out of the way. Nice and easy. First try. Yeah, literally the first time it's happened. Well, I wanted you to put money on it. I was like, do you want to, like, what do you, No, you bet on it or what? But it's a good thing you didn't because... Before you got here, I practiced like four or five times. Yeah, I, I, I figured that you weren't gonna mess up if you were ready to put money on it. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit here and and stay very neutral about it. Absolutely, and I don't know if you noticed, Chase. I noticed because I wrote it, and I don't know if the fans noticed, but instead of on this week's episode of the WNP podcast, it was on today's episode because. Tomorrow, on Friday, if you are listening on release, we have a special college football episode coming out. We're going to record right after this, and I'm more excited about that episode than this one, but this one's going to be a good one as well. Yeah, we got a lot of podcasts going on today. I freaking started my day at 530 in the morning, did not stop stuff with the range, drove right here, started podcasting immediately, got to put in, you know, two hours work here on these next two podcasts, but... You know what? I'm enjoying every second of it. Exactly. Well, it's hard not to enjoy when you're looking at, you know, this. <laughs> we need we need cameras. <laughs> we need cameras so everyone can get the full effect. It's so good. Cameras are coming. People are going to be so confused by that silence at first. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, cameras <laughs> are coming and uh, it's it's going to be fun, but we're a little bit away's from that. Uh, Chase, you just you just made a little lip smack. Let us let us yeah, know what you're drinking. It's not, it's not good. Um, I think it is good. Not a sponsor. It's it's Kirkland Grapefruit Hard Seltzer. You know they what? Can, they if they want a sponsor, go they, ahead. They can, but this is the last time I'm shouting them out. When we get cameras in here, I'm wrapping paper around anything I'm drinking. You know what? No, uh, you you can you can support us financially if you want us to support you. Hell yeah. Uh, I mean, any grapefruit is. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't. Like, I don't dislike grapefruit as much as you do, but I'm also not a big fan of it or seltzers really in general. But, um, you know, we, we're like, you know what? It is 2.45 in the afternoon. 2.50. We, 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 we should crack open some alcohol. It's a Wednesday, too. Can't forget that part. So I was like, you know what? Why not? I'll, I'll, I'll partake. And it's it's not good. We've got an exciting weekend, though. We do have an exciting Well, weekend. I've got a little bit more of an exciting weekend because I'm, like, actually a part of the festivities. But I got an exciting weekend, too. It's the freaking start of this hockey season for me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so we just got different sorts of excitement. Right. Even though I have to miss the first game. You didn't have to. I mean, Sam and Brian can just move the wedding. That's true. They could. I mean, they didn't do it once already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sam and Brian, my sister and future brother-in-law, getting married. So going to be a lot of fun. However, I'm a part of the bridal party, so I'm going to have to do stuff that I like don't really want to do. Like stand and. Oh, you have to stand? Oh, no. And like, How are you going to live? And like walk down. But it's. um. I think it's a very classical Catholic ceremony. So it's going to be like an hour and a half or something. Oh. <laughs> um, oh. So. I'm going to need to bring my earbuds. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's going to be a long one. And I have to walk down the aisle with some people I don't know. And 
uh, then I have to go on a party bus and drink a lot of alcohol. So it's going to be a tough weekend. So am I going on that? So, you can, yeah. Okay, I, 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 I guess I will. Who's even going to be on it? A lot of people. Like all, right. all the groomsmen, all of the dads. Uh, I think that's it. I don't think the bridesmaids are coming on the party bus until after the ceremony. From the ceremony to the reception, the um, bridesmaids will be on it as well. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll partake. It's just going to be a little, little bit of a of what we call a poop show in yeah. different terms. We just, we just can't go crazy before the reception. Oh, I can. I won't be. I'll be sitting. I'll be good. I can slump over. My sister told you that story, right? When she was here last about how her friend's brother laid. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I, I can't, I, I can't be doing that. I never said I can't. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well on this week's episode or today's episode, excuse me, of the WNP podcast, we're going to be doing some more NFL talk. Um, we're going to be talking about some recent moves, whether that be a trade or a signing. We're going to be talking about some coaches because I think there's some unnecessary, Oh, excuse me, unnecessary hate out there, as well as some very necessary hate. Uh, then we're going to be playing a game, Is It Time to Panic? And then uh, going to be going over some fraudulent 3-0 teams. But before we do that, Chase, we need to shout ourselves out. We do. We we really do. You, you go ahead, initiate this shout out, and I will endorse it. Because last year, or uh, a little over a year ago, when we were doing our prospect shows we came out and we were endorsing heavily justin herbert saying man this kid he he's gonna be electric sure enough the chargers they pick him up and he is sure damn electric great player there this past uh prospect wave of prospect shows we put out a show out there and i think the title of it was something along the lines of is asante samuel the most underrated corner in the class Sure enough, he's looking like flat out the best corner in the class right now. And who picked him up? Oh, yeah, the Chargers. So I just want to say thank you to the L.A. Chargers organization for listening to the show. We really appreciate your guys' audience um, or viewership, I guess. And um, I'm sure you appreciate our expertise when it comes to prospects. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, Brandon Staley and whoever their GM is. I don't know, but obviously big, you know, WMP fans. Um, you know, we, not we, a shocker. We, yeah, not, not at all. We we really do appreciate you guys. Um, if you ever want to bring us out to a game, uh, Tom Telesco is the GM. If you guys ever want to bring us out, obviously you're listening. Just uh, just hit us up. I mean, we'll we'll definitely respond. I'm not gonna lie. Absolutely. And uh, one final thank you to the LA Chargers. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Get a bit. Hey, that's that's a round of applause for both the Chargers and us. How about that? Yeah. See, I think it's more fitting for us because like we're that's the fair. ones that found the talent. They just found the podcast. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Well, let's talk about some trades. And from a good organization of the Chargers, we go to an absolutely brutal organization of the Jags. Uh, Chase just broke his headset right in front of me. I love to see it. But my, it, it just caught in my computer charger. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking the headset live on the show. You love to see it. But we've got. CJ Henderson and a fifth round pick going to Carolina as Dan Arnold and a third round pick goes over to Jacksonville. CJ Henderson, a former first round pick. Do you remember what number was it? Eight, 10, 11, something like that for CJ Henderson? I thought it was like nine. It could have been nine. It could have been the one number I didn't uh, pick, but you look yeah. at that while I'm going over it. CJ Henderson, a very high pick, played really well uh, in the times we saw him last year. Ninth overall. Ninth overall. <laughs> so... He he just I don't know didn't work in Jacksonville I don't know 
when he was playing, he was very good. He was very good for a rookie quarterback. Um, Jacksonville's just been a dumpster fire so far this season. It's because of someone we'll talk about later on in the show. Oh, you think um, so? Yeah. You don't think it's I, management that did this move? At the end of the day, in the NFL, management only does so much. Like, like eh, it does a lot. Like, look at the Bills. No, I, it, it's not Sean McDermott that brought in all those players. It, it is, but it isn't because the the NFL general managers like they really have they have to hear what the coaches are saying because you know like, it's not just a, a player can't you know from an NHL team a top line center can go to another team and be just fine like be ready the next day. If you get traded in the NFL on Monday, it's hard to play in Sunday because you like you got to adjust the scheme, you got to adjust all these things. So like bringing in players, like you got to bring in guys that work for these coaches and stuff. You got they got to be able to adhere to the scheme, be able to fit. So like it, it's a little bit like a work and you know with the coaching staff and there's that. De- so there's there's definitely Urban Meyer had some input in this. Whether even if he said like no, I don't want you to do this, and like he made this move. Like if, if that came out to be the case, then you know I'll still take my words back. But regardless, um, like just the team has been bad for Urban Meyer, but. This move, it just it really didn't make any sense. Whether it was or my initiating, whether it was uh, bulky, I can't remember his first name initiating it. I, I just don't know why you quit on a guy so early. Yeah, I watched a video by Cameron Wolf. Uh, he put it out on Twitter yesterday, and he said one of the big factors of trading C.J. Henderson away was the fact that he just didn't have the best availability. He had ten starts through a possible nineteen, so injuries obviously played a key factor. But I also heard in the same video that the Jags, for them to trade C.J. Henderson, a former ninth overall pick just last year, too. It's not like it's like four years out. Uh, Dan Arnold was the centerpiece, the journeyman tight end that. Was he even the best tight end on Carolina? I don't know. Matt Rule is giving Tommy Tremble hype. He was the defining piece. And this is where I think it's Urban Meyer. Because Urban Meyer has a weird thing with tight ends. He likes he obscure random tight ends which is they why they kept tebow that's why it's why they brought in tebow and gave him a shot because he likes obscure random tight ends even in college his tight ends are always obscure and random and you know now now we're in the nfl and they have no tight end core they didn't worry about trying to sign any in the offseason to try to trade for any they didn't bother drafting anybody relevant they just took you know from the freaking ohio state kid in the fifth round who's a, a nothing player like i i don't understand his weird process with tight ends like it he views it as almost like a valueless position, which some teams tight ends are not used in their offense. They're not used as passing pieces, but they're still used like as blocking pieces. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> the Lions. But they're still used as blocking pieces. So but they have Watson's Nuts in as a blocking guy, and that's fine. But O'Shaughnessy, like, is yeah, that his like, name? yeah, but like they they need like, the way this team's going for, they need a true receiving threat. I don't think Dan Arnold's like a true receiving threat tight end. Mm. He's just a solid tight end. Yeah, I don't know why he was the main piece to get the deal done uh, either way i think it looks terrible for the jags i think it looks great for carolina oh my god dude. they already have such a phenomenal young core they brought in jc horn uh this offseason in the draft who was one of my favorite corners i think i had him ranked second only behind certain but the upside on this kid is phenomenal and i absolutely love it and then you've got tj henderson coming in a former ninth overall pick who Side by side, they could do a lot of damage. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see that for a little bit because J.C. Horn's out, but I think it's a great young core they're building over there. But if, if Henderson can adjust quickly, they're not going to miss much of a step because like, I don't I don't even know if it's a downgrade quite right now. Uh, I think Henderson might be an upgrade where, where they're currently at as players. So like that, that's fantastic. They hopefully don't miss a beat, and then they come back to all together, and all of a sudden they're just even better. I think the only part that Henderson might be a downgrade from J.C. Horn is tackling, but when it comes to actual coverage ability, 
Henderson excelled last year in that. Uh, that was one of the reasons some people had Henderson over Okuda. Okuda was more well-rounded, where Henderson was very coverage-oriented. Uh, I think right now he blows uh, Chase Horn out of the water when it comes to that. So you're right. Could be an upgrade. Just CJ Henderson, you know, final point, then we'll, then we'll move on. We've been talking about it for a little bit. But he really just needs to fine-tune a couple more things, and he can be a true blanket corner in this league. I, I really like his ability. I, I think he can, he, you know, he can be like what, um, you know, Trey White or um, Stephon Gilmore, you know, in their prime, what they're doing. Like they just eliminate guys from from the game. You know, some a lot of teams they'll need to put like, you know, if, if you're going against, let's just say, uh, you know. DeAndre Hopkins, like you got to throw two guys on to try, to try to stop him unless you have this elite level corner. And I, I think C.D. Henderson can be that guy. So to get him in this trade, <laughs> combine him with J.C. Horn, like you could have two guys that are legitimate possible just blankets in the backfield. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But we now move on. Richard Sherman, he's signing with Tampa Bay. Isaiah Wilson signing with the Giants P squad. Uh, both guys have some behind the scenes type of stuff, off the field type of stuff that um, at least for Richard Sherman's case, I don't really want to get into. I know there's going to be some court cases uh, coming up most likely, but him going to Tampa Bay really tells me that Tampa Bay knows their defense hasn't performed up to standard. So they go out, get a vet who was very good in this prime. I think he dropped up a smidge, but he still played really well last year. Yeah, he's still a, a good NFL corner. He, he just... He's smart, and that's that's what makes him, you know, fantastic. Because he's still got his athleticism to an extent, but you know, he just you think the game better and better usually as the years goes on. So in terms of his knowledge growing and even though his athleticism taking a little bit of a step back, he's still going to be an effective player. And then Isaiah Wilson going to the Giants practice squad, uh, former first round pick to the Tennessee Titans, just in the twenty twenty draft, same draft as C.J. Henderson, didn't work out there. Came over to the Dolphins in the beginning of the season uh, around like camp time and preseason games. Got cut, I think, only four days after showing up. This is a guy who has had the no work ethic label on him. Will there be a difference here with the Giants? I think there could be because apparently the Giants O-line coach, I don't know the dude's name, he was the main reason that Isaiah Wilson chose Georgia going into college. So, like, it's one of his guys. So he, he recruited him. Um, he's going to have his college teammate on the opposite tackle if if he were, you know, really ever get promoted and ever see playing time. Like, you know, it really can start with an attitude adjustment. If he can adjust the attitude and then get to the level, he's a good, you know, he's a good player. So if he can find that playing time and find a little bit of work ethic, stay out of the off-field type, you know, just garbage, like it, it could work out. But I, just, I don't know how much faith I have in it. I would lean more towards it not working out, but I don't think it's impossible. And Isaiah Wilson was a guy that, we had second round grades on, but we said in one of our preview shows that this could be a guy who sneaks into that first round. He eventually did, and it hasn't worked out so far. I think that one of the big factors on him possibly working is when he gets drafted in the first round by Tennessee, he gets his contract, ton of money. A ton of money comes with that. That money's got to be running out. Like, you can't just hold that much money forever, live the playboy lifestyle forever. I'm assuming that the money's got to be getting at least a little bit slim to the point where Isaiah Wilson kind of realizes, okay, I need to get going here. I need to get back up my game because this isn't going to last me forever. 
I mean, you would hope so, but some people don't ever realize that even like when the money is gone, they, they still don't think that way. So you, you would hope that it has an impact on them. But really, at the end of the day, we're just going to have to wait and see. Absolutely. And then, Chase, thanks for putting that on the outline. Josh Gordon, also a guy that recently signs with the Kansas City Chiefs. Everyone knows the story. He's been back and forth. Uh, feels like every single year for the past five years or so. Seems like he keeps coming in and then going out. He's coming over to Kansas City. Andy Reid today said he doesn't expect Josh Gordon to be ready for this week's game. Thinks it'll take a little bit of time, but they should see him probably within the next three or four weeks. Please, like, please just stay on the field, Josh Gordon, because I know you're 30 years old. I know you haven't gotten a whole lot of game action, but when he was getting someone who came back, like, he showed some signs again that he's still a very good football player, and he hasn't been taking the abuse the last few years. Maybe he's done the proper workouts. Maybe he's kept himself in the right shape where he could legitimately play another five plus years if and like be an effective player. Because when this dude was playing at his prime, you know, I've we've had this argument before. I've talked about it. I think he could easily have been a true talent, top 20, maybe even top 10 wide receivers of all time. Like, like easy. Like th- th- that season he had with the Cleveland Browns when he had trash can to trash can to trash can throwing to him. I, it, it was just incredible and he looked so damn good doing it like if he can just stay on the field prove that he's at least a solid NFL receiver who warrants playing time the way Tyreek Hill's been being covered the last couple weeks they just need another competent receiver out there Michael Hardman's been doing solid but like Josh Gordon's just true talent is significantly better than Michael Hardman's Josh Gordon could legitimately catch a lot of balls for Kansas City that's one thing I'm very interested to see has he kept himself in shape yeah is he ready for football action because if that's the case, like you said, we know the skill. If he is in shape, ready to go, he can pick up the playbook somewhat easily in the next three or four weeks. This could be a guy who is very good in the Chiefs system with Patrick Mahomes and even very good in fantasy. I looked for him in the Dynasty Leagues. I didn't look for him in your league, the Redraft League. But in the Dynasty Leagues, John has him in both leagues. John spent, like, decent money on, bef- like, before he was even reinstated. It was so weird. Like, like three days before. Did, did he get league inside sources? I don't know. But at the same time, if he did, why why did he spend so much money? Yeah, it, it didn't really make sense. Wasn't it, like, 40 bucks and no yeah. one else put a bid on him? Yeah. And we were like, John, what are you doing? Well, John, I don't want to say he big-brained it, but he brained it. Well, I think at the same time, even if he didn't do it before the reinstatement, I don't think people would have put a lot on him with reinstatement. But now that he's going to the Chiefs, I think people are like, oh, there's a real opportunity there. Yeah, like, I almost want to send an offer just for the hell of it. But, like, you can't actually go trade for Josh Gordon. Don't actually trade for Josh Gordon in your dynasty leagues unless you're giving up a literal nothing asset. Because, like, like, there's just just no need to. Even, like, redraft, same exact thing. There's actually... Yeah, I think redraft is the the one you want to stay away from. Yeah. Like, Dynasty, there's a lot of roster spots. Maybe you can do something, but redraft, that's definitely scary. Unless you pick them up on waivers, which... That's okay. Yeah, and if, if you pick my waivers because you got someone that's just worth dropping anyway, and you like you just miss out on your other waiver claims, whatever, then then is what it is. Yeah, like he was available, but I would have had to drop like a Curtis Samuel or no. uh, yeah, I was like, no, there's no point. No, I, I I wouldn't even drop Tony Jones for him. Yeah. So there's our thoughts on the recent signings and that trade. Let's not talk about coaches, Chase. There's some bad coaches we got to talk about, but first, there's a coach that has been getting a lot of hate especially from the local media. And I'm not a fan of this team. It's not a team that I root for, but I think that 
the hate he's received is just unwarranted at this point. He's a new coach, has only coached three games, has been very competitive in those three games too with a really bad roster. If you don't know where I'm getting to, Dan Campbell, the coach of the Detroit Lions, is so much hate I'm seeing for him, especially from a couple of different places, a couple different outlets where I'm watching their videos and I'm going, what are you talking about? Like, you're just hating to hate. Yeah, really, that's what's happening. Like, coaches have been able to kind of be the punching bags the last couple of years in Detroit because Jim Caldwell was just so soft and easy. Matt Patricia was, like, embarrassingly trying to replicate the Patriots style, and now Dan Campbell is just this weird dude is really the way to explain him. But, like, I I love him. I, I love what he's doing. I love what this team's doing. Um, they're showing a lot of signs for literally maybe the worst, uh, at, you know, at best, second-worst roster in the NFL. Uh, like the, the right things are happening. Like they're staying competitive in games. They have no business being competitive. In. They had a hard start to the season, maybe the hardest in the league. They they go against the 49ers, then they go right to Green Bay, coming off of Aaron Rodgers' worst loss in his career, and then they go to play the Ravens. You, you're playing two MVP level quarterbacks in that span, one of the best systems offensively and defensively in the NFL, and, and the other game too. And really, up up until the fourth quarter in the, the Packers game, they had a chance to win all those games. Like the, like the, like the last half Packers started falling apart a little bit, but like the, the 49ers game, they really brought it together there at the end, the whole Ravens game, they just held on defensively. That defense played way better than it should have. Like they, they're doing the right things. I don't know how there can actually be any hate. And one of the outlets uh, that I'm referring to, I'm not going to name them because I don't think they should get any clout for just being in my mind, stupid. Uh, They've said, I don't see a difference between Dan Campbell and Matt Patricia. I don't see a difference between Dan Campbell and uh, who are your guys? other Jim Caldwell and Jim Schwartz. There's no difference. Why would that be? Yes. Okay. First one. That's yeah. The first one. one. Yeah. That's, that, the that, one. that's what I thought. Cause like, that's, that's where I've mostly seen it too. And I don't want to shout them out either because they are like absolute shit. And honestly, if you are, a Detroit sports fan, you have social media, odds are you're putting together the pieces who we're talking about right now anyway. I don't know people who genuinely support them. I don't know anybody who genuinely supports them. I, I just, why do you come out and say through three games with the worst Lions roster in the past decade? You can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the case. Um, I got to look at the year to year it was, yeah. So the worst Lions roster in the past decade, and you are competitive with three playoff contenders. Like, I don't get why you're saying there's no difference between this and Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia was losing to bad teams with a better team than the Lions have right now. I think it's a joke. Uh, I always talk about with the boys that there is a spark that I want to see from a coach in the first year, maybe in the second year if they're a slow builder. But there is that spark that all great coaches have. We saw it with Brian Flores. We saw it with Kyle Shanahan. We saw it with a bunch of the good young coaches. I'm not saying I've seen the Dan Campbell spark yet, but right now what it feels like to me is one of these old-fashioned wind-up machines. You know, you'd, you'd wind it up real quick, and then some sparks would fly out. I'm not sure the exact machine. I'm not that old. I'm sorry. But uh, it feels like there's some winding up happening in Detroit right now. I would not be shocked if we see the Dan Campbell spark soon, I still need to see more before I can, you know, endorse him as a great coach. But 
it feels like they're winding up. He doesn't deserve the hate. I mean, to me, I saw that spark at the end of the 49ers game. Like that late comeback was what you want to see from this team that has no business actually being competitive in that game. Like they, they deserve to lose by 40 and they ended up only losing by eight in an incredible fourth quarter. So that's where I saw it. And then it's hard to see a spark in just like a purely defensive game. Like mm-hmm. it really is. But the way that they neutralized um, Lamar Jackson and the running game is as much as they did like for how horrible that defense is. It was good to see. And that last play, Dan Campbell says, you know, they called the right play. Everybody's on the right page except for one person. And that person is the reason that Marquise Brown got that, that big play, which got them into that ridiculous record setting field goal range for the fucking stupidest. Terrible way to end the game. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why am I even going down that road? But regardless, um, the most inc- the most lines way to lose ever. But like one player apparently was, was off and had no idea what they're doing. And. I think that player was Will Harris, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he didn't say who the player was. But like from based on what happened, it was Will Harris blew his coverage, and sure enough, that's what happened. So if he had his coverage right, they would have stopped him on fourth and long there. Um, so people that are like blaming that on Patricia or not Patricia, Jesus, Campbell. Oh, that would have been bad. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, just because you said for, you com- yeah, yeah. Uh, comparing to Patricia was stuck in my head, but like, like blame that on Campbell. Like I, I just I can't agree with. And I didn't compare him. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying you're. you're I just I just had to reinstate that yeah. because. I don't want anyone coming at me for that. That's a terrible take. Um, I wish I was at the game, to be honest, because I felt like it would have been such a surreal moment. It doinks. You see the Lions fans jump. They're all excited. And then the refs put their arms up. Like, it would have been such a surreal moment. I want to, like, hear the sounds of the stadium. It would have been absolutely crazy. But we'll get off of that now, Chase. Let's talk about some bad coaches. I think the number one, we got to just start off right off the bat. And you're probably going to think we're talking like a broken record because I've seen every social platform come out about this guy, but Matt Nagy, what the hell are you doing? Why are you taking Justin Fields, the 10th overall pick, a very good quarterback that has the mobility, has the arm, has a bunch of great intangibles. Why are you throwing him into the same exact system you made for Andy Dalton? Dude, it's literally like the fancy footballers. I will shout out them because I do enjoy fancy footballers. They're 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 a very funny podcast. Um, they, they call him the discount magician, Matt Nagy, because like he, he tries to do all these crazy plays. Oh, I'm gonna big brain you, and it just never works. It's always just some stupid play that miserably fails. And Justin Fields six for twenty is very, you know, res- very much resembles that. Like Fields could have played a lot better. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, it was just shit play call after shit play call being put in these terrible situations, him just getting murdered because offensive mm-hmm. line played terrible. Like, he wasn't put in a good situation to succeed. Uh, this week coming up, they're playing the Lions and should be in a better situation to succeed. But I don't know. Like, I, I, don't, I don't care that they just drafted a quarterback and you're supposed to give this coach, a coach and staff time for the young quarterback. Like, he, he, I can't believe he still has his job. I just, I can't believe he still has his job. Well, two things. They've had nearly 150 days to get a plan going since they drafted him. So I don't know how you don't come up with him. Secondly, you said he should be in a better situation against the Lions. Will he even be in the game? We don't know. Oh. It, it, Matt Nagy did not name a starter. He said that every option is open, including Nick Foles. He there, said there is a possibility that Nick Foles plays and the Andy Dalton injury that was one to three weeks. I read today on Twitter that apparently it's looking like it's the one-week timeline Andy Dalton hasn't practiced yet, but he is still slated as the number one on the depth chart as of right now. Dude, George 
Hollis ha- has to be just rolling in his grave. The, the you know the longtime owner of, of the Bears obviously passed away in 1983. It's still in his family, but the way his team is being managed, he like he would not have stood for this. Like th- this is a true football man through and through. And now it's it's just a business. There it's just a profit machine. Is all the Bears are nowadays. So they, they there's no emphasis on winning. It's kind of the same thing with the Lions for a lot of years. It, it felt like there's no emphasis on winning. And same situation happened here. That's why Matt Nagy's allowed to get away with this shit. In, in reality, any owner who truly cares about the success of their team, the second that statement is said, goes down and says, I dare you to play Nick Foles on Sunday and see what happens to your job because mm-hmm. he has no business playing on a football field ever again. Like I'm going to be honest. Nick Foles got on two lucky stretches in his career. He was a solid quarterback who could be a backup at best and for whatever reason just got hot sometimes, which happens. You know, We'll see it with the NHL goal. We see it with some quarterbacks, some random receivers, running backs. It happens. And he just happened to get hot a couple twice. He's not any good. He's nowhere near Andy Dalton, and he's nowhere even close to near Justin Fields. So if if he gets on the field on Sunday, I'm going to laugh so damn hard. And it'll be the Lions' first one. Yes, it it will because I he, think regardless, it's going to be. Let me just tip you off on my pick for that game. I think regardless of who plays, give me the Lions. I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. It'd be so funny. I think that would might get Nagy fired. That would be awesome. That that would be so funny. Uh, and then I have to ask. I want you to put a stamp on it. Uh, Big Cat from um, part of my take. Dan Orlovsky. Uh, I think he was on first take when he did. I could be wrong. Dan Orlovsky and Big Cat and others have come out and said that there's two options here. Either Matt Nagy is just completely incompetent, doesn't know what the hell he's doing, or he did this purposefully, put him in a, in a bad situation, the wrong scheme, did it purposefully to show the world that Andy Dalton's the better quarterback than Justin Fields. Do you have an opinion on which you think it might be? Is he incompetent or is he uh, just a bad dude? It's option one. Okay. It, like, he, he really does not know what he's doing. Like, it almost makes me question if Mr. Trubisky is a better quarterback right? than we think he actually is. Right? Because, like, Justin Fields shouldn't, like, he's a rookie and rookies have struggles, but, like, it shouldn't look like this with him on the field. It, it, it would look better with, with Mitch Trubisky on the field. It looked better with Mitch Trubisky as a rookie on the field than this right now. Like, Trubisky has some solid seasons. Like, the Bears mm-hmm. went to the past with Trubisky as a quarterback. Like, so, like, you can't, like, fault him, even though he's not that – he's really – I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. But, like, is he actually better than what we think because Matt Nagy ruined him? Like, he's not Adam Gase level, Matt Nagy. But I really think he's as close as you can get. I want to see the MVP play for the Bills. And I think we will be able to see that in at the last some, game. Yeah, at, at some point it's bound to happen. You know, maybe, maybe or if he, there's more blowouts, he sees yeah. himself in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, maybe he gets out there. Um, I don't think he'll be with the Bills for very long. I, I think I don't know if it's a one year. If it was only a one year deal, he won't resign there. Um, if it was a two or three deal, he'll just play out his contract. And if Matt Nagy is as bad as we think he is, and we think, hey, maybe there's a chance Mitch Trubisky is better than we think, the Bills might be able to capitalize on that. Might be able to get some. Uh, whether that be draft capital back or maybe a piece, it, who knows? If we get to see him on the field, whether that be in fourth quarter relief or that game 17, maybe in the offseason, they can move him for something. Who knows? Imagine the Bills go up big in like week five or six and Trubisky plays second half, plays well. Destroys. And the football team, they're still 
their quarterback situation is still kind of whatever because Taylor Heineke, like, he's not the quarterback. Like, I think there's enough there for that team to be better. The defense obviously struggling, but there's still enough for that team to be a good team. And, like, I think Trubisky would be the best quarterback in that room. Um, so like It'd be fun to watch. Like maybe maybe a trade like that happened where you hell usually even throw a third round pick their way that could become a second if, if they make the playoffs. Some, some, something like that. Yeah. Like like you like something like that could happen. It wouldn't be impossible. All right, let's talk about some other coaches here. Uh, I want to start with Joe Judge because I saw a tweet from Pat Leonard, who covers the Giants. He's a beat writer for him. He asked Joe Judge about his conservative punting from the thirty nine yard line. Joe Judge. Uh, came back and said, I'm not afraid to go for it on fourth down. Uh, I consider it case by case. I don't live in a world of fear. Uh, Joe Judge was asked about how analytics factor into the fourth down decisions, such as that punt. He said, analytics is just a tool. You can look at the stat sheet all you want. I promise you, if Excel was going to win football games, Bill Gates would be killing it right now. But you've got to take those numbers as a tool and go ahead and factor in how your team's playing at the time and how the opponent's playing as well. And also, the flow of the game. Mike Clay came out and said, all due respect, the history of mocking analytics and efficient decision-making models by the Giants' current head coach and GM while heading for their fifth straight losing season is really something. I mean, it really is something. Like, like I, I feel bad for, for Giants fans because, like, you know they they won Super Bowls with, with Eli there, and Daniel Jones comes in as as a draft pick, a you know questionable decision at the time, but still some optimism. Still a first round pick, rookie quarterback. You still have faith in him. Shows some signs. I had some faith in him going to a second year, and you know Joe Judge comes in as head coach. Things fall apart. The team looks terrible. The team looks terrible yet again. You know like Daniel Jones is actually looking like better this year. Like he looks better than, than what everyone expected. But I don't think it's because of what Joe Judge is doing by any means. I think it's just because Daniel Jones is figuring out a little more. Yeah, it's just there's a lot, quite a few coaches in the NFL right now that really just don't deserve their jobs. And, you know, there's other candidates out there that I think are, are, are better. And Joe Judge is really one of those guys that's just kind of in that realm. Joe Judge is one of those guys who got a lot of hype last year. They said, I think the Giants finally found their coach. Um, did they? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. But the thing that really rubbed me wrong in this fashion, I'm not a big analytics guy. You know that. I'd much rather watch film and see what's happening on field to grade my players. Not a big analytics guy. But for Joe Judge to come out as an 0-3 head coach and to answer how he did, it felt like he was just coming off as, hey, I'm better than you. I'm better than analytics. Don't come at me with this crap. I know what I'm talking about. Like it, it just felt, yeah. Like he thought he was better than him than everyone else. And when you're sitting zero and three, and last year your team was not good, you don't you don't do that. Like that just makes me think this guy is too much in his head. He's a bad coach. I don't want him. Who's the dude before Judge? Uh, um, let's see. I'll look it up for you. Why? Because like, um. It, it just reminds me his, his you know his first year in the, in the league as a coach he's kind of looked looked a little bit like a doofus just like an Pat average Schirmer. guy yeah so so um he looked just kind of like like an average guy and then um you know whatever second season he came to practice one day hair slicked back wearing black sunglasses looking like a super villain I feel like we're getting the same thing from Joe Judge just like all of a sudden 
things change. He's like, you know, I know better than you. I don't care what you say. I'm not going to validate your opinions, my opinion, or you kick rocks. And the, even though his opinion is actually pretty wrong, he said in his ways. And it, it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of what it reminded me of. And I know Johnny, he talked about it uh, with me, not on the show, because he's a little bit afraid to get in front of the mic. But that's okay, Johnny. We're not going to hold that against you. Uh, he said that there's a couple coaches out there that he doesn't like because he feels the same way, that the coaches think they're better than everyone else. He said Matt LaFleur is one of those. Zach Taylor is one of those, which how dare you? Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Joe, Joe Judge fits that list for me now after that type of response when it comes to analytics and um, a somewhat cowardly punt. But, Chase, you put in here Urban Meyer. Go ahead. Let's talk about it. Uh, you just love to harp on Ur- you're the You're the the um, sports media site that we didn't name for uh, Urban Meyer. Well, he deserves it. Like, does he? The Jags roster is a lot better than it was last season. It is. is. Their roster was not good last year. And you, you, they had Joe Schobert last year. He's gone now. And Cedric Henderson. He's gone now. But Miles Jack is healthy now. And Cedric Henderson was there for the first three weeks. And and Miles Jacket is healthy now. He didn't, he didn't play last year. You've got rookies that are taking in their second year jump. You have the first overall pick rookie quarterback coming in, and they look. Yeah, but you said that Gardner Minshew was like elite or something. I still think Gardner Minshew is a fine starting quarterback, but Trevor Lawrence is a clear upgrade for Gardner Minshew. Like I never are, I never said that in any way like, that it wasn't. But like they look so much worse in like the decision making. You know, like drafting Travis Etienne. That that was you know Urban Meyer's decision. I just I don't. Like that, I don't like drafting a running back in the first round, especially when you have a rookie last year. How often are you going to harp on this? Specific I'm going thing. to because like a running back in the first round is a luxury pick, and like maybe the Steelers shouldn't have picked a running back in the first round either. But they're trying to milk the last they could out of Big Ben, even though that was already milked like three years ago. Mm-hmm. A, a running back is a luxury pick at the end of the day because you got to build everything else, and most most competent NFL running backs can at least put up eight nine hundred yards in any system, like as long as they're healthy. So like it's just a luxury pick. It made no sense. And then you look at what they're doing on the field. You know, Trevor Lawrence looks broken. He looks like he has no idea what he's doing out there. I don't think that's Urban Meyer. Like, I don't. I don't think it is. But how is nobody in that coaching staff like finding ways to reel him in, calm him down? Because he just looks more sporadic as the game gets on every single week. It looks worse and worse throughout the game. Like you, you should at the end, you should be getting more composed throughout the game. Your coaching staff should be reeling you in, and that's not just a. A freaking um, or my thing. I'm also not a huge. Um, I can't remember freaking OC. It was Lions OC. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Oh, the guy who did the Seahawks. Yeah, play, right. Yeah, what the hell's name? Regardless, um, like I just I don't I, I just don't like the whole coach staff they assembled and everything they're showing is significantly worse than last year. Like Bevel. Yeah, Daryl Bevel. It just it just it looks really bad, and I I did not like the urban Meyer hire in the first place. It just didn't seem like a fit to me. And as of right now, it just does not look good. See the Trevor Lawrence thing for me is more on Lawrence than urban Meyer because it, well, it is. I've heard that Lawrence has struggled even picking up the playbook. I've heard that. Well, I haven't heard. I've seen that he is bad with turnovers yeah. for some reason, his ability to read the field at the college level hasn't a hundred percent translated over to the NFL level obviously a huge skill gap so it'll take some time but compared to last year's quarterbacks burrow and herbert and even tua in the one or two games where he impressed a little bit all of these quarterbacks right now don't look anywhere close not not even close like the the best quarterback this year is probably mac jones 
And he hasn't done anything special. And Tua looked better than him he, last year. He's and just looked like average. Yeah, Tua's literally looked better than I, I would have taken Tua most games last year than Mac Jones this year. Like, like it's just it's been horrible for all the rookie quarterbacks. So it's not like just a Trevor Lawrence thing. It's not just an Urban Meyer thing. And the rookie quarterbacks have struggled. Uh, could be you know I, like they all went to bad situations except for Trey Lance. Honestly, at the end of the day, he's the only one that went to a really good situation. He's not playing right now. So you know I, I didn't expect Trevor Lawrence to have a lot of success, but I didn't expect him to look this bad either. And just the the rest of the team, you know, like the fact that. Like Carlos Hyde, he. I'm happy that Urban Myers realized James Robinson is significantly better than all the running backs in that room because like Carlos Hyde was getting double digit touches in week one for like, for like what reason? Carlos Hyde has nothing in his tank anymore. Like 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 come on, come on, Carlos Hyde's great. No, and and then like the talent evaluation thing. Like he he's the one. Regardless of the trade that was made, what was given up? Like Dan Arnold. That's a type of guy, like, when a specific player like that straight for midseason, that's something that the, the coach says, I want this guy. And he wants Dan Arnold to be this roster-changing piece to lose a significant part of your defense just to make your team worse. Makes no, It makes no sense. Maybe he ends up being that. Like, we don't know. Do you want to bet five bucks on this? No, I don't. Because <laughs> exactly. I, 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 I was the first like, one to say yeah. Dan Arnold is a journeyman. Yeah. He does nothing. but And, like, it just... Who knows? Maybe for the Urban Meyer-specific scheme, the tight end is... Super important. And if if the Jags didn't think that CJ Henderson could be on the field, then why why have him if he can't even show up? That's the a, a the only thing I'm saying is I already fought for Dan Campbell on there should not be hate for him. I'm fighting for Urban Meyer at the same way because he's only three games in. If we're talking about Urban Meyer being a bad coach, why aren't we talking about Robert Sala being a bad coach? Because he's 0-3. The Jets are the worst team in the league by far. That offense only produced 20 points so far through three games. It's terrible. So I think that we should give all coaches who only have three games on their resume right now just a little bit of a break. Let's see what they do. Again, that spark takes a while. Could, could be a second-year spark. Who knows? But I get the concern I don't think it's time to start just I'm I'm failing. not I'm not calling for his head. Like I'm not gonna fire a coach in their first first year, especially in the season. Actually, if it's really bad, like Freddie Kitchens, like yeah, uh, and we thought the Freddie Kitchens hire was terrible too. Yeah. So like I and I think it's the same boat for Urban Meyer hire, and just to like say you're looking for a spark from Urban Meyer. I know he hasn't done it at the NFL level, but he's coached a lot of teams at the college level. It's not like these other guys who are really first time head coaches. Like pretty much all these first time NFL NFL head coaches, just in general, first time head coaches. So you got to wait for the spark. But like Urban Meyer, he, he's done it. He should, even though the NFL is a different game, he should at least have an idea on how to manage as like a head coach as a football team. And it just haven't seen it. It's a completely different game. Like you said, Nick Saban, the best college coach of all time, absolutely failed in the NFL. Could be the case with Urban Meyer too. But he again was out of coaching for, what was it, two years? Yeah. Year and a half. So... I just want to give some more time on him. I think we should talk about Robert Sala, but we should do that in a little bit. Uh, not on this show, just because we're running on 40 minutes and we still have some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so let's now move on to a little game that I have in store. Uh, it's for Chase. He gets to decide whether it's time to panic for some of these teams or it's not time to panic. So if you know you see a team and you're thinking, man, that team is not doing so hot. We talk about the Washington football team all the time. Is it time to panic? 
And you say yes, it would be... It is my professional opinion that now is the time to panic. To panic, of course. And if you don't think it's time to panic, then... Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. What is that second one even from? Uh, it was like a vine. Oh. So yeah, I found those. So I figured we could <laughs> throw them into a little game for Chase. So Chase, let's start first with the Kansas City Chiefs 1 and 2. They are last sole place for last in their division. Is it time to worry about the Chiefs? Do you want me to say yes or no and then you hit the button? Or do you want me to yes. just shake my head? No. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Okay, why shouldn't worry we worry about, about it? Sweetheart. They are a top three roster in the NFL. They have the best quarterback possibly to ever play the game. They have the best tight end in the NFL right now. They have one of the best receivers. They have a good running back. They have a good offensive line. The defense is in place, just hasn't come together. You know, Jarius Sneed, like last year, you know, he, he was, was awesome as a young player, and he's continuing to grow as a corner. They just happen to lose a couple games. It, it happens. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose one game the rest of the year. They go 14-3 and three and get a bye. Okay. Like, it's... Like we we would think fourteen and three is very much in their realm of possibilities, and they'd lose random games here and there because like you wouldn't expect them to lose to anybody specifically, really, at the end of the day. And they could have just gotten two losses out now. It was one more down the road, fourteen and three. They are currently fifth and points four per game. However, they sit last at points against per game. Yeah. So that defense hasn't stood up as well as Patrick Mahomes has been turning the ball over. Way too often for the normal Patrick Mahomes that we usually see. Yeah, I mean, he's never thrown a pick in the month of September before, and he's thrown two or three now uh, just just this month. And I, I don't think it's going to last very long. I really don't. I, I think it's figured out by this week. All right, next up, we got the Seattle Seahawks. Are we panicking, or should we not be worried? They are sitting at one and two. This is tough. I will say yes. It is my professional opinion that now is the time to panic. It's time to panic, Chase. Why is that? And it's not really like because of them. It's just because the rest of their division, dude. Like that. That's a that's a tough division to have success in. You know, you, you got the, the Rams and Cardinals three and zero at the moment. You've got the 49ers at two and one, and the Seahawks at one and two. The Cardinals, Kyler Murray. Looks like what we expected him to look like last year. We, we thought Kyler Murray had a chance to, you know, jump up and be this second-year quarterback, follow the trend of Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, win MVP. He's looking like that this year instead. He's looking like he, someone who deserves legitimate MVP contention. The defense looks very good. The other Rams look like the best team in football right now, in my opinion. I, I don't think any teams look better than them as a whole. And the 49ers are, yeah, they, they, they got a loss on the year, but it, it was, you know, a last-second loss. Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things. They've looked Really good up until the very end of the Lions game, and then then they've looked good since then too. Like as long as their running backs can you know at least show up into the field and not not die, the, the 49ers are they're going to be hard to you know jump over. So the Seahawks, it's not going to be because of them. It's just because they might finish fourth in this division at nine and eight, ten and seven. Like we we I had all these teams going positive this year. So it's a situation. Yes. All right, Mike. The situation, from, Mike. Uh, what's it called? Jersey Shore. I don't know. I didn't watch it. <laughs> All right, next up, we've got the Minnesota Vikings sitting at one and two. They lost to the Bengals, uh, lost in a heartbreaker to the Arizona Cardinals. However, looked very strong against the Seahawks this weekend. What are you thinking? I'm going to I'm gonna explain my I'm answer to this, but I'm going to go no. Going to go not panicking. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about so it. I'm not going to worry about it. 
You want? Do you want to know why I'm not worrying about it? Because of their division. Because I thought they were overrated anyway. Oh, okay. So I'm not panicking about it because I think we're seeing what but I thought. But do you the think the Vikings themselves should be panicked? I don't think so either. Because okay. yet again, the, the, like the division wasn't be the second part of my argument here. Like they're, they're bound to win at least. They're, they're, at worst, they're three and three in the division. Most likely, they're four and two in the division at, at the end of the season. Uh, you know that gives them the way the record stands right now puts them at five and four. It's a winning record. They're they go 500 from there uh, with this division. They could easily make the playoffs. So like, I think they're going to be a nine and eight, 10 and seven team. I I, I don't think it's, it's too worrisome. I, I think 90, 10, seven is kind of their ceiling. They could be a little bit lower to just missing playoffs, but like it should have been expected. I, I don't know. Like people set too high of expectations. So if they're panicking, it's because their expectation is too high in the first place. Okay. You got three more here for you, Chase. This one, the Washington football team currently sitting at one and two. And they have a bottom five defense in the league. Is it time to panic? Yes. It is my professional opinion that now is the time to panic. So when you look at the four or the, the 49ers, geez, when you look at the football team here, like what what is going wrong? I don't know why it's not working. The the defensive line has not done its job. The linebackers have not done their job. The safety cornerback group, the defensive backs, they've not done their job. The offense has not done its job. Nobody's done its job with the Washington football team, really. Obviously, Alex, or not Alex Smith. Oh, my Lord. What's his name? Taylor Fitzma- No, Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic. Ryan Fitzmagic. He, he gets hurt. Um, Taylor Heineke comes in and is fine. You know, has some success, but doesn't really look like anything special. Not going to carry you over the top. So you really need your defense to support you here. Well, when your defense lets up, you know, 92 points through three games, that's uh, not a, a very good start to the year for someone that I thought was going to be you know, I, I took them as my number one fantasy defense this year because I had a lot of faith in them. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of faith in Chase Young. I talked about that he could break the sack record this year. Well, those things aren't going to happen anymore. They, they don't look very good. They I think they do need to figure out how to score more offensively because I don't like the defense is bound to get better than they are right now. They can't stay this bad, I don't think. But they're still going to need to score a lot more than they are. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. That defense has definitely underperformed even to the point of you dropping them in fantasy after two weeks. Yeah, I, so. I dropped and took the Raiders defense. Oh, yeah, but I right. dropped the Raiders defense today. Next up, we've got Johnny's Miami Dolphins. Is it time to be worried about these Dolphins? Yes. It is my professional opinion that now is the time to panic. Johnny's not going to like that. No, and it's a very, like, if he has it's not really, like, their fault. You're not going to win games which go reside a quarterback like you're really not going to have a lot of success there. so it's how quickly can Tua get back on the field and you can see what he does from there but the offense has nothing going for it when you look at the running game it has not been very good miles gaskin is not running the ball even when he does he's doing kind of whatever he's had some big runs but other than that like it's big run or nothing for him um you got malcolm brown getting touches there too makes no sense the receiving group, uh, it's, I mean, Jalen Waddell is really the only one. Devontae Parker's not very good. Will Fuller has been playing. The tight ends are solid, nothing too crazy. The offensive line is atrocious. And then, you know, their, their saving grace is their defense, and they still went up 82 points through the first three games. You know, you, you would you would hope that, you know, maybe they'd be in the lower end. Maybe they would only let up in, in the 60s or 50s. You know, like when you look at the, you know, the, the Patriots, for example, they, they've let up 51 points against. I'm, I don't want to compare them to the Broncos, what so the Broncos are doing is silly. Yeah, I mean, you can compare them to the Bengals real quick yeah. if you wanted if to. I, if I wanted, the Bengals are at 54 points right now, too. So Not a big deal. Yeah. So, like, like the defense should should be a lot better than it is, and I think that it's also bound to improve. 
but I just don't think the offense is going to supplement it. You know, I talked about it before. I don't have them as a playoff team because I think that offense just isn't going to be able to help out the defense enough. And this really shocks me because I'm a huge Brian Flores guy. And even without Tua, that defense was phenomenal with Fitz, who played pretty well last year. But even when Tua came in and was struggling hardcore, that defense kept them in games. This time around, they're not. So very surprised by the Miami Dolphins. Finally, Chase, the last team here, Chris's team, the Indianapolis Colts. Are we worried about the pol- the Colts? Are we panicking? Yeah. It is my professional opinion that now is the time to panic. The defense doesn't look good. The offense doesn't look good. Nothing looks good. Their red zone offense is just horrible. You have Jonathan Taylor. He should be able to stuff it in any time. Anytime he's within five yards of, of the end zone, it should be an automatic touchdown. Like it, it just should. And it's not right now. Quinn Nelson's hurt too. So all of a sudden that changes completely the way you play that. That's your anchor of your offense. At the end of the day, this, this important all pro piece. He, he's not going to be out. I don't know how long he's out, but he's not gonna be out there for at least a couple of games. That, that, that sucks. There's a lot of concern. Carson Wentz is not going to be playing healthy. Um, if you know, if, Jacob Easton has to go in. He's not the dude. Like he, he, he's just not. They don't have anything going for them right now. And Carson Wentz, even when he was healthy, did not improve to the level that I thought and a lot of people thought he could. So it's been bad for the Colts. I understand the panic for sure. Um, let's now hop into the good teams, the best of the best. There are five undefeated teams right now: the Arizona Cardinals, the Carolina Panthers. The Denver Broncos, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Los Angeles Rams. There's got to be at least one fraud among those five. If you had to pick right now, which team here could you see starting undefeated 3-0 and to not even making playoffs? It would be the Broncos. Even though their defense looks really damn good, they played three really cupcake teams to start the year. The and three worst teams in the league. Yeah. So... Once you start getting into the thick of things, you, you know, you're, you're going to into the thick of it. Uh, I should get I should get that sound bite. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Oh, that's, that's funny. But um, in your own division, you got another undefeated team in the Raiders who look awesome right now, which the Raiders like to do at the beginning of the season anyway. So hopefully they can keep it going. Uh, then you got the Chargers and you got the Chiefs. Those are not easy teams to beat. And I think I think in their division, they, like, they can only pull out one win this year. Possibly. I wouldn't be one, two wins max. I would not be surprised at all. And if you're getting four or five losses in the division, you're bound to lose at like two or three more outside the division too. And like that right there, you're not making playoffs. So the Broncos are my team. And if I had to choose a runner up, I mean, like I don't want to choose the Raiders, but it'd probably be the Raiders. Yeah. I'm going to have to unfortunately go to Raiders and it doesn't really hurt me, but it's definitely going to hurt some family members who are big Raiders fans. I just think love Derek Carr. Love him right now. Definitely a top 10 quarterback. Um, has proven some haters wrong, uh, specific haters that listen to the show almost every week, Chris and Johnny. Um, but this team has John Gruden as their head coach. So not very confident. I know, I know probably another five or six games in this team is just going to completely free fall and I don't see him making playoffs. So I, I think both are great picks. I think Carolina could even be seen as a fraud. I think Arizona and the LA Rams are really the only two teams that people could say there's not really an argument. But Carolina, we're huge fans of. Love their defense. Love Matt Rule. Without Christian McCaffrey, that's going to be tough. But I wouldn't be shocked if they come second 
and even take a win off of Tampa when it comes to their division. See, I, I don't, I don't think they're a fraud. I really, I don't think the Panthers are a fraud. I don't either, but I'm saying like, I, some I, people could argue. Yeah, that, I think. And I would argue heavily against it because me, a lot of people say that Sam Darnold would have been the second quarterback taken in the draft class. If he was in this QB class, for example, say some people say he would have been the first quarterback sometimes even last year, even with Joe Burrow, but most times second quarterback as well. And I think like legitimately he's, at worst, the fourth best quarterback between like if you compare him to the last two draft classes, he's at worst the best like at fourth. He, he's in that same age range as all of them, so he's perfectly fine to be thrown in there. He was just dealt the worst hand with the Jets. He's dealt a, a better hand here, and he has looked really good. It's not like he's just you know the team's playing well defensively. Sam Darnold has looked really good. He looks confident. He looks like he's reading the field well. He's running the ball well. He's doing everything you expect you know a quarterback at that level to do. I think he's just he's just found his confidence and he's just found his game. And I we had a lot of faith in him. I, I have a lot of faith in him still. I think this like the way they're looking, it, you know, it's surprising me how good they're looking like this is going to be an 11, 12 win team. Yeah. And losing Chris McCaffrey is going to hurt, especially because Chuba Hubbard, the times we saw him, uh, I don't think he looked great. Um, he looked a little better when he got thrown in today, but like in preseason, he didn't look very good, but like, or not today, but when he got thrown in, you know, and last week, he looked a little better than he did preseason. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. But I mean, the connection between Darnold and DJ Moore looks. Oh yeah. Great. It, it, it's stupid. And I don't, I almost forgot. I, I wanted to point this out. I got to assume it's changed right now, but as of like Tuesday, I, um, on in your dynasty, league, I got Chuba. He was projected 17 points. Mm, that like, seems a little like, high. Like, yeah, like I, I don't care what role he's taking on. He's not taking on the CMC role fully. Like it's just right. not going to happen. So like, like you got to temper expectation there. All right, last thing we're going to do here, we're going to be making our picks. Of course, let's go over last week, week three's picks. Uh, you came in hot at an eleven and five record, third best out of the group. Uh, Graham came in at twelve and four as the runner up, and Garrett came in at thirteen and three as. And first I, place. I, I, as we talked about before, Garrett's picks don't matter. Oh, true. So you were second place then. Yeah. Only behind Graham. Yep. Uh, and then Chris, he tied with you at 11 and five. Me and Johnny went 10 and six. Alec, another 0 and 16 week. I left him off a of week four because he hasn't made any picks and I don't want to just keep putting in 0 and 16s. So if he eventually does text me his week four predictions, I'll put him in. If he doesn't, we just won't talk about, uh, how he's doing, and we'll talk about like you know losers who are actually making picks. Sounds so good. technically, Johnny and I would have lost this week at ten and six, which that's pretty good still. Yeah, it was a pretty good week for us. All right, so your overall now sits at thirty-two and 67 percent. I'm at twenty-nine and nineteen, three games back, sixty percent. Um, Graham sixty-three percent, Garrett sixty-five percent, Chris fifty-six. Johnny finally gets over that. 50% mark at 52%. Yuck. But let's uh let's just fly through these games quick here because yeah. we are running a little long. So we'll start with the Thursday night game. This is Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a seven and a half point favorite. I think rightfully so. They cover. Oh, they even cover, eh? They 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 cover. I like it. The, the Jacks, I I I talk about they they don't look good. All right. Well, speaking of covering, Tennessee goes into New Jersey to play the Jets and uh, Tennessee seven and a half point favorite. That's they an, cover. Yeah, that's that's another cover. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Um, 
Derrick Henry, if for whatever reason you thought about not starting him in your fantasy lineup, obviously you start him in your fantasy lineup. If you're doing a little DFS, you know, maybe you pay up a little extra for, for Derrick Henry this week. Absolutely. I and, got uh, the same picks, KC and uh, or Tennessee and Cincinnati. Yeah, I figured. And I do want to say, shout out to um, whoever's calling plays now. It's not Mike Rabel. I don't know whoever else is calling plays, but Eric Henry's getting targets. And, like, you don't have to throw it to him far downfield. You can throw it to him three, four yards from the line of scrimmage and just let him truck through. And it works. And it clearly is working. Just keep throwing him the ball. Give him – let him catch three balls a game. That's 51 catches on the year. Imagine him as a fantasy option combined with his running, with 51 catches a year. Oh, my God. Would have been nice if I had that last year, but <laughs> he didn't do that. And I went three and freaking ten or nine or whatever. <laughs> Shit. You're not you're not salty at all. No, I hate fantasy football. <laughs> all right, uh, Kansas City at Philly. Kansas City's a seven point favorite. I mean, they were three for three on covers here. Like, like they're gonna slaughter them. They're gonna win by double digits at least. Yeah, and we're just picking wins here. But figured we'd uh, talk about betting odds. Of course, uh, Carolina at Dallas. Dallas is a four and a half point favorite. Someone's going to cover, and it is the Carolina Panthers because they are going to win this game. Damn it. Winning outright, eh? They are winning this game. Um, yeah, th- this one it could be one that they do lose because the, the the Cowboys team is very good. Their defense looks really good. The offense looks really good. Like They mm. look just really good all around. So I would not be shocked if the Panthers lose this one at all. But I want to put my faith in Matt Rule. I want to put my faith in this team, Sam Darnold. If he wins this game, I mean, they're officially on the, on the map. They're officially on the radar. And you obviously take a look at my sheet because I went Carolina as well. There we go. Let's Big go. Carolina guy. All right. The Giants at New Orleans. New Orleans, a seven and a half point favorite. Oh, my Lord. It's some big lines this week they to, start, are. to start the, the one o'clock games. Just wait until we get to one of the lines. Yeah. I, I, I got to go with the Saints in this one, too. I like I, I know you chose the Saints. I did. Yeah. So I, I, the Saints are really the only option here. The Giants, just they're just not good enough. Yeah. Cleveland at Minnesota. Cleveland's a two point favorite. I'm surprised it's that wow. low. Yeah, I, I'm going Cleveland in this one. Um, they're gonna cover. They're like they're not gonna only win by one or two. They're gonna win by at least a field goal, if not more. Um, I I, I think that you know the Vikings are bound to, to get another win here too. And, and next week or two, I don't know if they play next week. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they win this week, just because like they are kind of old one. I or like not old, but they just do one. I feel like, but I gotta go with the Browns here. Detroit at Chicago. Chicago is a three point favorite. Yeah, I know you already made your pick earlier yep. in the episode. This is a really hard one. I want to pick the Lions. I, I really do. The Bears are at home. Justin Fields can't look that bad again. If he plays. If he plays. I mean, if I could just see into a... If, if I could even just told who the starting quarterback was, it'd make my decision so much easier. Yeah, but we're dealing with Matt Nagy. He's not going to do that. Yeah. I... I'm gonna I'm gonna choose the Detroit Lions. I I, I got to pick them at some point this year because they're not gonna go winless. They're just flat out not. So. No way. So like you gotta I gotta pick them at some point. This is a game that they could win, even though it's still not gonna be easy. I don't think they could still win this one. All right, here's that line I was talking about: Houston at Buffalo. Oh. Buffalo is a sixteen and a half point favorite. That's huge. In the NFL, a team is a 16 and a half point favorite. Holy hell. Why mm-hmm. would they make it 17 and a half? That's 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 so weird. And it Houston's not even 0 and 3. They're a 1 and 2 team. Yeah. So I mean they beat the Jags. And the Bills are 2 and 1. So when when would you see a 2 and 1 team and a 1 and 1 1 and 2 team be this big of a spread? But yeah. I mean like, obviously Yeah, like I'm I'm choosing the Bills here. I'm not going to choose the Texans, but you didn't want to pull a Jags route like last week? No. God no. <laughs> and I don't I don't even know I wouldn't even bet on the on the spread in that game. That that that's such a big line that it's a trap, but they could also legitimately win by fifty. 
All right, so we are on par with each other so far. This is a game that could get some of our friends real riled up. You got the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Miami to play the Dolphins. Chris versus Johnny. The Dolphins are a one and a half point favorite. Congrats on the win, Chris. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Two is out. If two is out, there's no offense. Yeah, I, I agree. And the defense is like, it's good. It, it, it could be good enough to win with the way the Colts are playing currently, but the Colts are going to win at some point too. They're not going to go. Oh, they're not going to go. Oh, and five, six, seven. They're going to win very soon. This could be the week. Both teams have been very underwhelming. Uh, it's a game that I know will be on the TV with Johnny and Chris there. However, it's not a game I'm excited to watch. Yeah. Ew. No. All right. Washington at Atlanta. Washington is a one and a half point favorite. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the football team here. We're going to have a lot of similar picks this week. Just kind of the way we it's are. working out. Um, and like I, I just I can't in good faith pick the Falcons. I, even though the, f- the football team has not looked very good, I just I can't pick the Falcons because they Arthur Smith's trying to big brain and be like, oh, Kyle Pitts, you're six foot six. You're 235 pounds. You have this amazing catch radius. You run this incredible 40 time. We're going to pull you off the field. You're only going to pay like 60 percent of snaps. We're in the red zone. Nah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Silly guy. And then they just lose. So that's going to happen again. All right. Seattle at San Francisco, San Francisco, a two and a half point favorite. Yeah, this one, I think, will end up being a pretty good game. Um, I'm going to lean the 49ers in this one. I, I think that Seattle could easily come out with this one. I I, I don't think it's going to be a very definitive winner. I think it's going to be a good battle all the way along. I'll lean 49ers. There we go. The first difference. I went yeah, the Seattle we Seahawks here. Uh, hey, I, I think the Seahawks, even though they're one and two, I think they're a really good team. I think Ross is a phenomenal player. And the defense can just do a little something, which I think it's very possible to do against the 49ers who are legitimately only Debo Samuel. I mean, all of their running backs are injured, and we know all of their wide receivers are garbage, unless it's Debo, because Brandon Ayuk gets nothing and, you know, all that. But uh, I'm going to go Seattle there. Next up, Arizona at the LA Rams. The LA Rams, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, so do you go two undefeated teams here? Do you go with the, the team that's coming off of the high, beating the Bucks, celebrated a little too hard for my liking, or do you go with the team that – was down to the Jags at halftime and was down to the Jags until Trevor Lawrence threw the pick six. And then things started falling apart for the Jags. So who, who do you choose here in this one? I think that the LA Rams are the better team. I think the LA Rams are going to be much better season long, but I'm going to go with Arizona Cardinals in this game on the road. All right. I am going with the Rams. Yeah. So there we go. Two differences there. Uh, I like the explanation though. Nice little, uh, that's a little more unique compared to, you know, usual. Yeah, shit. yeah, exactly. Usual shit. All right. Pittsburgh at Green Bay. Green Bay, a six and a half point favorite. Don't even. I went with the cover. I think they next, cover. Yeah. Ne- next question. This, I, I've been so out on the Steelers and I'm so happy to be right. Baltimore at Denver. Denver, a one point favorite over Baltimore. That's so crazy to think. Does it's a trap. I got the Ravens winning this one. Baltimore uh, or I mean, uh, Denver drops their first game. Yeah, just because like like they could handle uh, any team really at the end of the day, but it's it's been so easy that you got some young guys that might take it as being too easy. I I don't know, um, and Teddy has has had you know a pretty good start to the year too, but he's also gone against some easier defenses. So now that he's gonna be going against a a, a good Ravens defense, and then of course the Broncos defense is going against a dynamic Lamar Jackson, you know a true unicorn at the QB position. 
Like, who knows what's going to happen? I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Broncos win, but I do think the Ravens are going to come out with it. I got to agree. I'm going Baltimore here as well. Wouldn't be shocked if Denver takes it. Being at mile high, that is a bit of an advantage. But uh, let's now move on to the Sunday night game. This is when (laughs) the GOAT. The GOAT travels back to New England, faces Billy B at Gillette. I'm hearing a lot of stuff that Tom Brady going to be a little too emotional, going to have a really bad game. The Patriots are underdogs, six and a half points, Tampa favored. Who are you taking? Did you see look on Tom Brady's face after the game? We yeah, talked, we yeah, talked we, about it. We, on we talked about podcast. it in both broadcasts, yeah. yeah. That was the face of a man who will never lose again in his own heart. So they're bound to lose another game or two this year. Uh, like, let's be real. They're, they're not going to go. 16 and one. Like it's not impossible, but it's so unlikely, but there is zero chance. The bucks don't murder the Patriots this week. Tom Brady is going to, for lack of a better term, shit down their throats. See when I heard that, Oh, he's going to be a little emotional. He's not going to have a good game. I was thinking the exact opposite. I was thinking along the similar lines to you that I think he's going to go crazy. I think he's going to show everyone, show the whole world that it's not Billy B. I'm shutting them down. It's it's an easy win for for Tampa, and he's going to set the pass mark this week too. He's only like sixty, I think it's sixty nine yards. Funny enough, nice, uh, nice behind behind Drew Brees. He's going to set the passing record, and then throw an extra three hundred plus on that too. So, so three sixty nine, four touchdowns. They they win by double digits. All right, finally here the Las Vegas Raiders at the L A Chargers. The Chargers a three and a half point favorite. Gosh, two two of my QB darlings here, two of your QB darlings as well. Uh, who you know does the MVP level quarterback right now? And Derek Carr beat the young buck and Justin Herbert. I say no. I think that the Chargers win this game at home. The Raiders get their first loss of the year. It's bound to happen at some point. I would not be surprised if the Raiders win again because as I've talked about before, the Raiders like doing this. They did this last year. They started off so strong and then things fell apart. So I, I could see the Raiders doing that again this year. Uh, but I, I just I got to go with the Chargers in this one. I'm going to have to agree with you there as well. So only two differences this week, Seattle at San Francisco, Arizona at the LA Rams. Uh, Either way, I think it's going to be a good slate of games. we got a lot of games that should be fun to watch. I think that Tampa Bay, New England one, uh, even if it's a blowout, ends up being like a boring actual game, the storyline itself is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to watch my Bengals on primetime. Even though it's a Thursday night game, it's not the glorious Sunday night or Monday night. I still can't wait to watch them. So going to be a good slate of games but that's going to do it for the show chase anything you'd like to say before we get out of here i just, i still can't believe they lost that game the lions no the the freaking potty mouths <laughs> you still hurting yeah i'm still oh. hurting you kidding me also i i want to give a quick shout out to graham because uh when we talked about last episode how we were a little bit shocked that graham was you know right there with us doing much better than Johnny and Chris, he took that as us saying he's a, a dumb idiot. He told me that. He goes, you guys just called me a dumb idiot on the show. <laughs> no, we're not saying that. And hey, Graham, shout out to you. Coming up strong last weekend. Most likely coming up strong this weekend, too. Is he going to stay in the race? We'll see. We we, we, we will see. Um, he, he, He's going to overtake Garrett because I, I, I said it to you over text and we're going to keep ripping on Garrett because he doesn't listen. So it's funny. He's not going to fight back. That's fair. Um, 
But I, I said Garrett just picks his picks the, who wins based on the, which color scheme he likes better. He just picks on his favorite colors and just happens to get lucky. He's going to run out of luck soon. There you go. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the show. We want to thank you so much for coming out and giving us a listen. If you want to stay up to date with all that we do, you can follow us on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. It's again on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. We also have a Facebook and an Instagram. Wherever you're listening right now, whether it be a podcast platform or YouTube, our links for the Facebook and the Instagram will be down below. You can join us there. That would be awesome. If you are listening on YouTube, if you could, please give us a like, comment, subscribe, and hit the bell to turn on notifications. YouTube will let you know when a new video is coming out. And uh, down in the comments there, let us know who you think is that fraudulent 3-0 team. I'm very curious to know your opinions. If you're on a podcast platform, if you could, please follow and give us a five-star rating. We would love that and really appreciate that. But that's going to do it for the show. We want to thank you so much for coming out and giving us a listen. And as always, we're not professionals. Professionals.